and welcome to another episode of PR360. And I'm your host, Brett Deister. And as always, if you could, please subscribe to PR360 on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. And review it. Give us a five-star review if you feel like it, or if not, well, it's up to you. Anyways, we have our guest from Global Results Communication, Laura Wilson. She is the managing director, and she has 20 years of experience in the public relations industry. and she has intellectual curiosity. She understands clients' needs. She's worked with Verizon. She's worked with Ericsson. She's worked with Coors Brewing Company, Target, and so much more. And she's led programs with Nokia and IBM. So she has a wealth of knowledge. So welcome to the show, Laura. Hey, Brett. Thanks so much. It's great to be here. And the question I asked all my guests is, are you a coffee or tea drinker? Both. I love both. I would say 99 99- percent of the time it's coffee my favorite is hazelnut coffee with heavy cream but i also love tea it just depends on my mood but usually coffee mm, what types of tea do you like i like passion tea i like earl gray tea i like black tea i like green tea i like jasmine tea how about you basically all those is what I like as well. I found this really good tea company called Art of Tea in LA. And it's actually got some pretty good, interesting teas that actually taste like their flavors that they said they are. That's awesome. I haven't come across that one. I need to look into that. Pretty good. It's a little expensive, especially with their jasmine pearls because they're hand rolled, but they're actually really good. Sounds like art. Mm, it's really good. Anyways, moving on to public relations. What do you think is the current state of the PR industry? It's a great question. For those of us who've been practicing PR for any length of time, and as you mentioned, I've been doing this now for over 20 years, I'd say it's the most challenging time that we've had in our career. And at the same time, it's also an incredibly exciting time to be in the industry. Obviously, this is the first pandemic that, or significant pandemic that those of us who are practicing now have had to navigate through. And so there's a lot of uncertainty. And of course, times, uh, things change from day to day, from week to week and month to month. We don't have a crystal ball. We don't know how things are going to change over the coming months and over the coming year. And so we're having to be very flexible and very adaptable as circumstances change on a local level, on a state-by-state level, on a national level, and certainly on a global level. majority of clients that we work with are global, globally focused. And so we have to be responsive and in tune with the dynamics around the world and not just what's happening in our local communities where we live. So It's been a really challenging time and yet a very exciting time for those of us who are in PR today. Mm, What's the exciting parts about this current state of the PR industry? Well, it's because there's a lot to learn. We can't, if if anyone in PR thought that 2020 was going to be a year of uh, coasting or operating under a business as usual fashion, and there are some people, I guess, who like that like the predictability, they like to be able to plan, but most people who've been doing PR for a long time have thrived on fast pace, 
thrive on learning, thrive on things that are new and give us an opportunity to really to learn at the same time as, as we're practicing. And so um, very energizing. I guess I'll compare it in a completely different scenarios, but when I got into PR, it was right around the dot-com boom. And of course, that was all new to us as well. And there was a lot to learn in a very fast-paced, dynamic environment. We're dealing with that now, too, where we're learning as we're going. And obviously, we're calling on expertise that we have and experiences that we've had and to be able to make recommendations that we believe are going to produce certain outcomes based on experience. But at the same time, it is new. And it's exciting for those are people who really thrive on the energy of, of change and of flexibility and, and of, of learning. And there's just so much going on, not only with the pandemic, but from a cultural and societal standpoint, that is also really putting our muscle to work in terms of strategizing and providing counsel to the clients and the companies that we work for. Mm-hmm. So just like when I was in college learning about PR, it was all about fast pace and changing and nothing's new. So basically it's really harking on or really going into 2020 about it's always changing. So basically just being PR. Exactly. Exactly. So what has been the most profound change in the PR industry in 2020? Because we all think 2020 is either the worst thing in the world or interesting, but no one really likes 2020 very much. <laughs> well, uh, the, the biggest change has been the pivot. Okay, so as we do every year, most companies start here with a business plan. And most PR practitioners start that the year with a, a PR plan that helps to support a client or a company's business plan. And by gosh, February, and certainly by March, those plans were out the window. And the whole world had to pivot, right? So, and we had to pivot at a time when there was a significant amount of uncertainty. And I would say there still is a lot of uncertainty in terms of what the next month or the next few months or even the next year looks like and things change very rapidly. And I can't think of another time. Yes, certainly during the dot-com boom, there was change and things changed too, but we weren't dealing with a health crisis at that time. That was financial market issues and things like that, which are very different from dealing with really a health pandemic and and one that impacting so many people around the world. And so I think it's that the, the pivot and the change and then the need for us to continue to look at what we might need to continue to change and how we might need to continue to adapt as this pandemic unfolds and plays out. So I think it's the uncertainty and the notion that what we decide this week might have to change next week or might have to change next month. And so I can't think of another time when we've had to operate in that fashion. So basically always operating in the unknown. Yes. Okay. Well, I was going to ask you if there's any like, ways that has helped you through this unknown certainty any like little tips you can give for pr people that may be struggling with this because i'm pretty sure not everybody's doing very well with 
change or a lot of change? Well, so this isn't new for me, but one of the tools that I've, I've called on, not just at work, but uh, in my personal life is around, you know, mindfulness. So, you know, efforts to lay practices about um, power of now, the famous book, and, and really the recognition that of being present in the present moment. And I would say that those practices of, of, of mindfulness can be very helpful rather than worry of the future or regret over the past, which are things that we can't really control. We can control what's happening now, but not just not the control. It's the way that our mind observes what's happening and the change that's happening in a non-judgmental kind of a way and recognizing what's here now. Most people will find that if you can just focus on what's here right now, we can get through things, right? We can decide how we respond by how we observe and judge or rather don't judge things. Maddening what causes a lot of frustration and fear in people is the desire to control. And of course, there's only so much that we can control, so much that's out of our control. So the more that we can recognize the change and it is inevitable and we can accept that, the acceptance of it, the can be very helpful, very helpful tool. Gotcha. And what are some of the biggest messaging hurdles for PR pros or even also brands in 2020? Well, one of them is breaking through the noise and the question of how can I communicate in a way that's relevant and in a way that doesn't suggest that that we're not tone deaf, right? So meaning finding a balance between a business as usual kind of approach with messages when the world is still far from business as usual or quote unquote normal or normal as we knew it. So it's it's a challenge in terms of being determining how do we move forward with say and you know our clients are in the technology industry, okay, so a lot of our most of our clients are still developing these products and developing these services and things of that nature. And the question about well how do we communicate about this? What should we communicate? Should we communicate at all or should we hold off on some of these things so as not to appear self serving and so as not to appear to be tone deaf to the other conversations taking place on a global basis. And what we're finding, certainly in the technology industry, is that a lot of the press is covering new products, new services in somewhat of a business as usual way, because again, in technology, a lot of our clients are in industries that are considered essential business, right? Telecommunications infrastructure and networks and things like that, financial services transportation, logistics, things that are critical and essential business. And so a lot of those industries are still operating in a close to business as usual fashion. And so a lot of that press, as a result, is covering day-to-day announcements. But for those companies that are outside of that realm 
it can be a bit challenging to figure out and determine, well, what should we be communicating and how should we be communicating it so that we are sensitive to what's happening, both at the pandemic level and then from a societal level as well, with a lot of the things that we're seeing, diversity and inclusion and politics. We've got an election year this year, and there's a lot of the divisiveness right now on a political level. And and so I think for certain industries, there is a challenge in terms of figuring out how to adapt the messages so that that there's some sensitivity to what's happening on a bigger level from a society standpoint. Mm-hmm. And let's say you are part of like a tech company, maybe like a Best Buy or something like that. And- I mean, California, it's been like, hey, we're opening now, we're closing, maybe we're opening. So should all PR pros Mm -hmm. with actual physical locations, like write two different types of messaging, like, hey, we're opening, and then another one that we're not opening, but here's ways of where you can still do business with us. Is there an approach like that? Or should we just keep on pivoting for pivot's sake? Well, we're doing a lot of, I think, a good PR practitioner will recognize again, that things are changing rapidly and that we have to have some preparedness messages, both for proactive messages, things pre-prepared for any scenario on a proactive basis, but then also statements and, and messages and FAQs for a reactive basis as circumstances change. So we're doing a lot of that work and things that if-then type scenario planning, essentially, because we want those messages and statements and FAQs and things like that to be ready to go as circumstances change. So for companies that are, let's say, open in some places, not open in others, so there's a lot of technology available out there that can help to automate a lot of that communication. We even have a client that does that, has that type of software capability where the businesses can update store, retail, or restaurant, whatever information and hours and how do you do curbside pickup and all that. So there's a lot of software available on the market to help companies at an operational level manage customer service aspects as things change and help to automate those things. And then from a communications or public relations standpoint, pre preparing those things in advance and getting the various approvals on those materials in advance is extremely helpful so that you're ready to go. All right. And with all these changing of events, as we've talked to, how has PR changed in 2020 from the recent events? Because it seems like there's so much change going on all the time. Yeah, I think in terms of the PR changing, most executives, in companies, the CEO, CTO, CFO, so forth, have generally valued public relations, the discipline, and generally valued the benefits that PR will provide. But this year, more than any in recent history, I think there's a greater recognition of how important public relations is to the company in terms of from the strategic side, it's more reliance on PR today 
and, and having that seat at the table to determine what is our strategy? What should we be doing? What shouldn't we be doing? And then how should we be doing it? How do we execute? What does success look like? So it's really been a year where our clients certainly have relied on us to a much greater degree than before. Yes, always very important, always a reliance on PR, but this year, a much greater reliance upon us from a strategic standpoint, not just the tactical kind of aspects of the PR programs, but the actual strategy, the why and how for everything that we're doing. So that's been very exciting, actually, is, is you know, to have that opportunity for us to have that seat at the table and to be able to be a part of those decisions and have that influence that we've been trained really for. And so really having us called upon to do what we know how to do has been very exciting. Mm-hmm. So what I'm hearing is that this pandemic has made PR basically essential for businesses or brands. Yeah. Gotcha. So all you PR pros out there, you're essential for brands. And moving con, because we've talked about a little bit about it, but also just crisis calm in general. I feel like nowadays it's even more important, even though most people never put pandemic on the crisis calm. Is there going to be a greater emphasis on crisis calm in general? I don't know that I would say that crisis communications is going to be more relevant this year. I would say issues management is more relevant. So. Issues management is a little different from crisis. Certainly some companies have had and will have crises, but that happens even in non-pandemic times. But I would say from an issues management standpoint, most definitely there is a lot more of that activity taking place Um, in terms of preparedness for things, whether it's related to COVID, let's say companies that potentially have to close offices because you know, an employee or group of employees has tested positive for COVID-19. And now how do we communicate that to the rest of the employees? And how do we communicate that to customers and to partners and things of that nature? So there are certainly issues that to manage from a pandemic standpoint, also some of the things taking place in the world around diversity and inclusion, where companies are being asked questions and things of that nature. Don't consider that crisis, but certainly issues for management. Some companies will potentially have some issues from a financial or from an earnings standpoint, certainly some public companies, depending on how the pandemic has impacted business operations and revenue and earnings and things like that. There could be some issues management around that. So we do see more of that work and, again, a lot of proactive preparedness type work that we're doing this year to just be prepared for various issues and to be asked by the press about some of these different topics and have to have uh, answers and responses ready. So I guess another question would be, how would PR pros navigate that with brands and businesses? Because a lot of them don't understand that there is a difference between an issue and a crisis. So how right now can PR pros at least 
guide the conversation to, well, this is probably more of an issue than a crisis. Yeah, I think with our clients, for the most part, recognize a true crisis versus just an issue to manage. And I think it's the way that we work with them on basically having the content and the messages prepared in advance. So being proactive so that we're not reactive, that gives most companies a certain level of comfort. Again, we may never need to call on some of those messages or some of those statements or some of those Q&As. We might never have to use them, but most companies find there to be a level of comfort and confidence in knowing that we have that at the ready, should we need it, is very helpful. Where what can throw a lot of companies off is to start getting questions where they haven't really been prepared to answer them. And now the clock is ticking and not having an answer ready to go can cause a lot of stress. So again, we find preparedness is the key. That's always been true. PR practitioners have been talking about preparedness for years and now we're really again able to ensure that organizations are spending the time on their side basically to help to make it happen Mm -hmm. so all those pesky reporters and customers always have an answer to them or at least say i'll get you the answer (laughs) yes because you know how well that goes when you say i don't know it doesn't go very well So all you new PR pros out there, never say, I don't know. Just I'll get back to you on that and get back to them. Yeah, we've got that information and we will get it for you. Anyways, moving on to more about societal changes, because 2020 not only has a pandemic, but also societal changes. So it's a double whammy. How can PR pros navigate that for brands and businesses? Because businesses really just want to keep on being successful. Right. So certainly there is a lot to consider from a societal standpoint, and we're seeing a lot of that play out in the news right now. So based on masks and people who are on both sides of we need to wear masks or we don't need to wear masks and how this impacts businesses. And there have been countless stories in the press about retailers who had struggles with people coming, wanting to come into stores and they're not wearing masks and then they get into a tussle and that makes the headlines and certainly some of the public demonstrations and protests and things taking place that have impacted businesses and that making the news. So there is a lot in addition to the pandemic that come into play and that is a challenge for a lot of companies, certainly for those who are impacted in there too. it, It does have to do with having comments, statements, messages prepared, recognizing what's happening, and then being prepared for response. And there are some companies that are taking a very hard line around, uh, we just call out math, specifically certain businesses that they've got guidelines posted outside the business, math required, and from an operational standpoint, to enforce those things and then offering other options for people who don't want to wear a mask, you're 
still do business with us, but we're willing to deliver, willing to bring it to your car, put it in the trunk for contact with delivery, things like that. So there are a lot of companies that from an operational standpoint are very aligned in terms of what their approach is going to be. And that makes it very easy to develop as PR people the messages to support what those operational decisions and agreements are. It gets a little trickier for companies that don't have a centralized operational approach, how they're going to deal with different things that happen. And that's where, from a PR standpoint, it can be a bit more challenging, which is why PR people have a seat at the table. The executive table is even operational decisions are being made, and we can have that influence there, which will ultimately play out in public relations, right, in terms of public perception of a company or of a brand. I would say a big challenge this year is there's a lot of divisiveness between political parties, a lot of divisiveness among people about how they perceive the the pandemic in terms of how they perceive things like wearing masks, vaccines, things like that. And for some companies, it's very hard to kind of please everyone. So there's got to be that recognition, too, that the end of the day, it can be big struggle to please everyone, to have any decision, to have any statement or any comment that's going to make everyone happy. That's just the world we're living in right now. So should it just be more try to please the majority of people? Because you're not really going to please everybody. I mean, that's just the nature of society and human nature. Yeah, no, that's true. That's fair. And I think it's looking at who your core customers are. And doing right by looking at your brand ethos, your corporate ethos. What is it? Who is your core customer? And then working as best you can to fulfill the promise of your brand ethos and of your customer base. Mm-hmm. And kind of switching over more to content-wise and specifically live streaming and podcasting, but will there be a bigger push for PR pros to produce live streaming? from now on since live stream was really popular in at least the beginning part of the pandemic? Absolutely. Tremendous demand for streaming content and for all virtual events. In our industry and in tech and other industries too, conferences are largely not taking place in physical form. There have heard of a few here and there, but for the most part, events have either been canceled altogether or They've been converted to a digital format. And certainly companies and PR and marketing departments are looking at how can we bring some of the experiences that we used to bring in a physical world to the digital world. And we're, as PR people, being asked for the recommendations, asked for what should we be taking virtual, how should we be doing it, should we be looking at a way to monetize these things? Or should these things be free? What platforms should we be using? How would we measure success? Or does that even matter at this point? Are we doing these things purely for brands? So in terms of PR teams, yes, we're being tapped more and more for streaming content, whether it's the ideation process, the strategy process, the 
execution process in, in terms of helping to make it all happen and then capturing the metrics as a part of that, certainly getting visibility from a press and analyst standpoint for any of the virtual events that are taking place. So we anticipate the demand for live streaming and digital content and events is going to continue through at least the first part of 2021. And just the other day, the Consumer Technology Association announced that CES is moving to virtual next January. They were pretty adamant a few months ago that that show was going to take place in January in Las Vegas in a physical, you know, in a typical physical format. They were pretty adamant and that, that just changed. And we think that likely the other conferences in the early part of next year may move to digital as well. So from a PR standpoint, we've got a lot of opportunity, we believe, for digital content and digital events and a lot of opportunity still to engage with our core constituents that way. Mm-hmm. You're right about a lot of them switching. There's a podcasting event that switched to digital and they were going to be doing it in Texas and they decided to go to digital. Yeah. Yeah. And look, people, it's different, obviously, from being in person, but thank goodness for the telecommunications networks we have today. Again, a lot of our clients are part of that, but it's great that our telecommunications networks can support these types of communications and interactions. Mm-hmm. And for more about internal communications, should there be more with audio or video or podcasting and live streaming? Should we go more into that direction instead of just always sending updated emails? Not everybody reads emails, but should we going into more of that content be more, I guess, infotainment wise? Should that be a part of the strategy? Mm-hmm. We think so. And there's a few reasons for it. One, obviously, is that most people would rather watch or listen than read. Anyway, so that's just one at any time, pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, during pandemic, that's a fact, right? So people want to watch or they want to listen. But the second reason it's so important now, too, is that so many companies are not, people are working remotely. They're working from home. They don't see each other. Yeah, on Zoom meetings or go to meeting or Microsoft Teams or whatever, they see each other on those platforms. But people aren't physically together at many companies in the way that they used to be. So for internal communications, leveraging audio assets and podcasting and and video for internal purposes can definitely make people feel more connected at a time when they're not all physically together in the same way that they used to be, whether it was in the office or industry conferences and other places where people would be able to see each other that they work with. So should it be more about like private content for employees only? I know that leaks can happen, but should you still just do internal like private videos and audios just for employees? Yeah. If it's purely for communications within the company, we do think that those should all be private. It should be on an internal server and obviously protected as far as that goes. Okay, and fun question for you. If you could do PR for anybody in history, who would it be? (laughs) 
oh goodness, I don't think there could be just one person or even one company. For me personally, I it would have to be a, and I can't even say that it would just be one organization, but it would have to be something around children's advocacy. And there are so many great organizations out there that have do a lot for kids. And, and it's just a personal interest of mine. A lot of kids born to circumstances completely out of their control who basically have the world stacked against them. And I've got a personal passion for that. And it would be a, very easy for me to do public relations for any organization that was helping to give kids equal a chance in life as they could possibly have in terms of education, food, and nurturing, and voice within the legal system, and to help to help make a difference in a in a kid's life. So that's just a personal interest of mine. Yeah, it's a personal dream. It's a personal dream. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Laura, for joining PR360 on this episode. Thanks a lot, Brett. It was great to be here. It was great to chat with you. Likewise. And thank you for listening to PR360. As always, please subscribe to PR360 on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. And leave a review. Hopefully it's a good one. Hopefully you enjoy it. And join us next week as we talk to another great thought leader in the PR industry. I'm your host, Brett Deister. Stay safe. Get outside. Enjoy your life and see you next week. Later.